Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Every week as part of our worship, we confess the Apostles' Creed. As we approach the Lord's table, we confess our faith through the Apostles' Creed. We confess, not simply recite. Confess because the ancient creed is, in the words of C.S. Lewis, mere Christianity. Although not directly authored by the apostles, those who were with Jesus during his earthly ministry, Peter and Andrew and James and John, this creed is nonetheless faithful to their teaching. Teachings that's recorded in and revealed through the scriptures, the Bible, God's word. In fact, this creed, the apostles' creed, contains the very heart of the Christian faith. This creed contains the central proclamation of the church. We might even say the essentials. The Apostles' Creed originated in the second century as a, as a new believer was presented before the church to be baptized. They were asked the question, do you believe in God? And the answer, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. They were then asked, do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, a public confession of faith, which is speaking outward what is inward, speaking the truth that is in your mind, what you have assented to intellectually. But it's more than just the mind. Speaking the truth that's in your heart, sealed in your heart, that you don't simply know in your head, but you know it in your heart. You're assured of its truth in your heart. Well, the Apostles' Creed is like an ancient path or a well-marked trail. Now, Sarah and I did, did a lot of hiking while we were in Virginia a couple weeks ago, and we spent some time, some of our, some of our um, hikes were spent on parts of the Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail is an over 2,000-mile trail that spans from Georgia to Maine, it is a trail that is well-trod. In most, most places, the, the path is clear. And not only is it clear, there are blazes, there are paint marks on trees ever so often to assure you that you're on the right path so that you know for a fact that you're going the right way. Now, if, if we had left the trail, we would have been in a vast wilderness in the mountains where we could easily get turned around, where we could easily get lost. Well, again, the Apostles' Creed is like that. It's an ancient path. It's clear. It's well-trod by many before you. It's like the blazes on the trees showing you that you're going the right way, assuring you that you're on the right path. Straying from it, leaving it, places you in a vast wilderness where you could easily get turned around, where you can easily lose your way. 
where you could perish. Confessing the creed is declaring truth. God's truth that you believe. But when you confess it, when you confess this truth, you're also committing your life. You're affirming your loyalty. You are denying every false claim upon you. And you're witnessing to the world. And it begins with this phrase. It begins with these words. I believe. In Latin, I believe is credo. Of course, it's where we get the word creed. I believe. The Apostles' Creed is about faith. It's about your faith, what you believe, what you hold on to, what you cling to when you have nothing else. It's what guides you, what directs you, what orders your life. But more important than the actual act of faith, more important than the act of belief is what follows, namely the object of that faith. More important than the act of faith is the object of that faith. In what do you believe? In whom do you believe? The creed begins, I believe in God. I believe in God. God is the object of faith. Now, the truth is, everyone believes in a God. You can't help it. No one can help it. Because it's stamped into your very being. Your heart, your heart was made, your heart was created to know God, the one true God. Your heart was made, your heart was created to be in communion with God, fellowship with God. Your heart was made, it was created to worship and glorify God, to serve God. Your heart was made, created to have God enthroned within it, which means first, first in your heart, central to your heart. But because of sin, your heart is broken. Because of sin, your heart doesn't work right. Because of sin, you are separated from God. Because of sin, you are alienated from God, which then creates a hole in your heart. This separation, this alienation creates an emptiness in your heart, a void in your heart, and every person has it. Every person has it. Because every person has sinned. And this, this hole, this emptiness, this void can only be filled by the one true God. Now, if it's not filled with God, you'll try to fill it with something else. If it's not filled with God, you'll make something else first. If it's not filled with God, you'll make something else central. You will enthrone something else in your heart if God's not there. And it can be anything. Anything. It can be school 
could be your grades. It could be your work. It could be a relationship that you have. It could be your family. It could be money. It could be a, a sport. College football is coming up. It could be your reputation. It could be social standing. It could be your retirement. It, it, it could be anything. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, if it is central to your life, whatever it is, if it is first in your heart, whatever it is, if it is enthroned, then you will serve it, you will obey it, you will trust it. And if it's not God, then it's an idol, a false God. Now, 16th century reformer, pastor, John Calvin, Geneva. He, he rightly put that the human heart is an idol factory. The human heart is an idol factory. If, if God is not first, if God is not enthroned, if God is not the object of your faith, then something else will be. Your heart will yearn for it and desire it and create it and enthrone it. And whatever that is, not God, whatever that idol is, that idol will eventually disappoint you. That idol will eventually fail you. That idol will eventually leave you stranded and forsaken. If the object of your faith is not God, then you're off the path. You are in the wilderness. Lost. Perishing. The only object of your faith should be God, the one true God who has revealed himself personally, who has revealed himself definitively in Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is God. He's God in the flesh. He is the God-man conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, fully God, fully man in one person. Fully God, Jesus reveals God. He reveals the very heart of God toward you, and it's a heart of love. It's a heart of love in that God would enter the wilderness, seek you out, you who are lost in sin, perishing in sin, seek you out to save you. Fully man. Jesus reveals what it means to be human. Jesus shows what you are meant to be, what God created you to be, namely in fellowship with him, obedient to him, with a heart full of him where he is first, where he is central, where he is enthroned. Fully man. And that Jesus took your place, became your substitute. He received your punishment for sin. Receive the punishment you deserve for sin. Death. Jesus was crucified, buried, 
But God raised him on the third day. Jesus is alive. He's resurrected. He has conquered sin and death for you, out of love for you. This is the one true God. This is the gospel. And faith, faith is a response. A response to what you've heard. Faith is a decision that you make, a decision to believe in this one true God, a decision to believe in this one true God revealed in Jesus Christ and what he has done for you, to believe it, to believe it in your head, to believe it in your heart, and through it to draw near to God. Through it, you're justified. Like Abraham in our Old Testament reading from Genesis, it's counted to you as righteousness. Which means you're right with God. Right because of what Jesus has done for you. Right because of your faith in him. No longer alienated, no longer perishing, no longer lost. God places you on the path. The ancient path well-trod, blazed. Do you believe? Do you believe? Are you willing to forsake all other claims on your life? Are you willing to forsake all other claims on your heart? Are you, are you willing to cast out all other idols? And to commit your heart, to commit your life to him. The one true God. This is how you please him. Our New Testament reading from Hebrews says, this is how you truly please God. Not through your works, not through your actions, not through the good deeds that you do, but through faith. Through faith, that's how you truly please God. Do you believe? Faith is not only a decision that, that, that you make, though. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift from God where God himself fills your heart. God himself draws you to himself. God himself opens your eyes to the truth so that you can see Jesus, so that you can recognize your, your, your own sin, so that you can recognize your need for him. God himself shows you the way. The ancient path. I believe. Faith in the God who is revealed in Jesus Christ. But when you believe in Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected, you also believe in the forgiveness of sins. You also believe in the resurrection of the body. You also believe in the communion of saints. You also believe in the life everlasting. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you also believe in the Father. For Jesus was sent by the Father. He is the only begotten Son of the Father. He is one with the Father who made heaven and earth. 
When you believe in Jesus Christ, you also believe in the Holy Spirit who was sent by the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit who gifts you faith, the Holy Spirit who opens your eyes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit who seals his work in your heart, the Holy Spirit who calls together the church, the Holy Catholic Church, the universal church. The people of God. The people of God, those who believe. Those who confess, because because the faith that you confess in the Apostles' Creed is not just your own, it is yours. But it's not just yours, it's also the faith of the church. The faith belongs to the church, it belongs to the people of God. The people of God, those, those here in Jackson, in Tupelo, in Gulfport, those in Alabama, in Texas, in New Jersey, those in France, in Ukraine, in Ghana, in Chile, in Pakistan, in Iran, those all over the world who believe in the one true God revealed in Jesus Christ, those all over the world who walk the ancient path now, today, as well as those of faith in the past, as well as all those who confessed their faith in the past and all those who will confess their faith in the future. I believe. The Apostles' Creed is the path that enables you to keep your bearings in the world. Keep your bearings as you you live your life day in and day out. As you walk the ancient path, the wilderness can seem endless. As you walk the ancient path, the wilderness can seem to be encroaching. It seems to rule and seeks to rule your life. Every day, every day, you're beset by fears. Every day, you're beset by anxieties. Every day, you're beset by worries the wilderness. Every day you're told lies about life, about your life, about your present, your past, and your future. The wilderness. Every day you are confronted with lies and injustice and corruption. The wilderness. Every day you struggle Every day you see death and violence around you. The wilderness. Every day you see sadness and despair and suffering. The wilderness. Well, the Apostles' Creed keeps you on the path. The Apostles' Creed reminds you of who you are and whose you are. The Apostles' Creed helps you to remember the joy that you have. The Apostles' Creed helps you remember the hope that you have through Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected. You are a child of the living God. You are a son, a daughter of the Father who has promised you life everlasting. Do you believe? Confess it. Confess it. 
mere Christianity. I believe the ancient path, faith. And our faith, our faith is strengthened by the sacraments. God gives us the sacraments to strengthen our faith. We're about to celebrate the Lord's Supper, one of the sacraments. And through the sacrament, you are reminded of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. We're to do it in remembrance of him. We are to remember and be reminded. And you have opportunity to respond in faith, to approach the table in faith, to receive in faith. And by faith, you feed on Jesus Christ. Not physically. Not physically. You don't physically feed in on Jesus Christ, but spiritually. By faith, you spiritually feed on Jesus and you receive the benefits that he gives, forgiveness and life. Food for your journey. Strength for your journey. Nourishment as you walk the ancient path. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 